Welcome to Tailboard Talk, a fourth shift fitcast. The mission of Tailboard Talk and the fourth shift fitness is to educate and train fire service personnel to increase durability and decrease the potential for injuries and their associated costs. My name is Chris Morella, owner and founder of Fourth Shift Fitness. I'll use my experience as a personal trainer, strength coach, and 15-year veteran of the fire service to deliver tips, tricks, lessons, and information specifically geared towards the health and wellness of firefighters and paramedics. Each episode, you'll leave with immediate deliverables that will improve performance and resilience and keep you in the fight through your career and into retirement. Let's get into it. What's up, crew? Welcome to episode eight of Tailboard Talk, a fourth shift fit cast. Today's episode is going to look a little bit different, I guess sound a little bit different, because I'm just going to do a quick little intro thing here. I'm going to go over our incentivized fall fitness program that wrapped up a little bit ago, and then I'm going to actually replay the Devote December portion of episode three. That was a really long episode. It was like 45 minutes. I went over the incentivized fitness program, Devote December, and Spring for Change, but I'm just going to replay the Devote December portion because it's kicking off in just a couple weeks here. It should be started by when the next episode comes out. So let's just jump right into it. First, a little bit of housekeeping. Yes, I'm sick. Uh, you might be able to hear it in my voice. Yes, I'm getting better. And yes, I tested positive for COVID. I'm on about day eight or nine right now and feeling pretty good. All my symptoms have pretty much resolved. I'm still a little stuffy, a little bit hoarse, but for the most part, feeling really good. And I did a little bit longer post about this on Instagram the other day, a little bit longer caption, and I'm going to leave most of it to that. But the larger lesson I want you to take from this is just to take care of yourself, okay, and take care of others and just be smart, right? Protect yourself out there, be smart out there, do your best to stay safe and healthy. Put yourself in the best position possible so if you run into it or if you run into whatever, a regular cold, the flu, whatever sickness or illness it is, Put yourself in a position that you can absorb more damage and keep moving forward. Get yourself to a level of health, a pre-existing condition of health, that maybe if your symptoms were going to be bad, maybe your starting point kept them mild or kept them limited or limited the duration of it. So that means drinking enough water, getting your good nutrition, resting, getting your sleep in, recovering, exercise, all those things. And we talked about tiny habits in the last episode, and hopefully you've been following along with some of those tiny habits as we go towards Devote December. But start the tracks of getting that stuff done now. Put yourself on a path to health so that when you encounter uh, some sort of pathogen or some sort of injury, you're in a better spot to deal with it than if you did nothing. Okay, so that's the overreaching kind of lesson I want to leave with you guys is take care of each other and take care of yourself. Get your health to a good point so if something happens, you're in a good spot to take care of it, okay? Besides that, I'm pretty over this COVID thing. I mean, I'm tired of talking about it. Like I said, I wrote that longer post on my Instagram page. I left some lessons on there, things I've learned over the course of this year, and there's some COVID-specific lessons on there. So go back, check that out if you want on the 4th Shift Fitness Instagram page. But man, I'm pretty sick of this thing. So we're going to wrap this part of it up and we're going to move on into going over the incentivized fall fitness program that was just wrapped up here in September. It was a program that was funded by the union and sponsored by the union and then endorsed by the fire department. And then myself and a group of people ran it. And what we did was set up a Chuck E. Cheese situation type of deal for September. We said, if you do cardio, we can convert your cardio efforts into points. And then after September, you can spend those points on stuff. And so we got you know, we got water bottles and travel mugs and t-shirts and hats and a jacket to offer to people 
for their work during September. And it went really, really well, in my opinion. We had about 25 people participate. We gave away about 40, 45 gifts. Uh, they were all pretty much evenly spread amongst the categories, but T-shirts uh, were the most popular. Uh, jackets were second most, and then I think the travel mug was the third. But I think it was a, a pretty good success. We had a lot of people that reached out and said, hey, listen, I'm still doing my stuff, but I'm not going to submit points because I really don't want any of your prizes, and that's fine. We had a couple people reach out and say, hey, I wasn't really doing much, but I want a travel mug, so I'm going to start keeping track of my stuff. And they ended up doing more than maybe they would have throughout the month, which is perfect. And then we had just had a lot of people that had been continuing a program or continuing what they normally do. And this just gave an opportunity to reward them, to say, thanks for keeping up the effort. And here's some stuff that you, you've earned over the course of September. But I have a few takeaways from this thing that I'm just going to run through real quick. The first thing is, if you're going to run a program like an incentivized fitness program, what I found over the course of the month was that the best angle to take on it was just reward people. Okay, If people are interested, reward them for their efforts. What I did too much of in the beginning was try to sell it, try to tell people, hey, if you go do this thing or start this program, you're going to get this. And if you do this much, you'll get that. I was trying to sell it too much and it actually put people off because that just feels fishy, right? It feels like, okay, I know you said this is a I do something, I get something, but what's the catch? Instead of that, just let the people that are going to do it do it and then reward them at the end. It takes a lot of pressure off of you of trying to get people involved. And you're not trying to coerce somebody into doing exercise, which is never going to turn out well. Instead, just run it as it's supposed to be. Incentivize people to do stuff. If they start doing stuff, reward them for it. The second point I have written down here is you just can't please everyone. And that's just the way life is, right? We had several people that said, I just don't want your prizes, so I'm not going to submit stuff. And that's fine. We had people that said, I like that you're giving away a hat, but I don't like that one, so I'm not going to do it. That's fine too. I think I've talked about it before. The eventual goal for this thing is to keep growing it. And in the future, if we get outside sponsorships or outside funding for it, in addition to the union, that means we can maybe get some stuff that isn't restricted to made America and union labor. That means we may get more people interested and then more people participating and then more people that are getting rewarded for their efforts. I'm totally cool with that. But in the beginning phases of something, you're always going to have people that don't like the point values, don't like the rules, don't like something. Okay. That's okay. Just get something started and then you can build it and grow it and fine tune it over the course of the next few years. But getting something going is the most important part. The third thing is make sure you build a structure to track stuff and to order stuff and make sure you stick to that structure. So what we did was we set up another email account through the union and we said all your tracking, all your requests, everything goes through this email account, which was nice because they kept it all in one spot. But inevitably, we still had a lot of people that would text it to us or send it to our personal email or send it to our department email. And realistically, it's easy enough for me to take a text and then just enter the data into a spreadsheet. But that's not the system, okay? So you can say, hey, I'm glad you're doing stuff. Thanks for sending it. But now go back and send it to the email that we set up. If you don't do that, you're going to run into a situation at the end of the month where somebody says, hey, I got 60 points, but I can only find 40 of them. And now you have to go back and look over five different accounts to search for these points. Set up a system, stick to the system. Otherwise, you're just creating more work for yourself that doesn't need to be there. And the last thing is have someone on your team or in your structure that can tell people no, okay? Because there's always going to be people that ask for things, right? And a lot of those things when it comes to an incentivized fitness program is stuff like, 
hey, I'm at 47 points and I need 50. Can you just give me three extra points? Or, hey, I know September ended a week ago, but I just got the points I was supposed to, so can you just like add them on at the end? Or whatever else, right? Those questions are great opportunities for you to deviate from the plan, right? And expose yourself to criticism, expose yourself to some liability potentially. So stick to the plan. And if having those conversations just feels like a fate worse than death, like that's the last thing you want to do is tell your friend, no, I can't fudge you three points. Then have someone on your team that can do that. If you start to play loose and fast with the rules, all you're going to do is undermine the integrity of this thing. And then why are people going to try in the first place when they can just ask you for the stuff without doing the work? So make the plan, stick to the plan. If you don't want to be put in the position to have those conversations, make sure that there's someone on your team, someone in your organization that can have those conversations to maintain the integrity of what you're trying to do. So those are just some takeaways, guys. Overall, I mean, like I said, I could not be happier with the way it ran. Getting 25 people to track their fitness or do fitness for a month and then actually be able to reward them with something for me is an incredible success. And I'm very excited for the next time we get to run this. Like I said, maybe we'll start to look at outside funding in addition to the union so we can get some different prizes or different incentivized features. But I'm just so happy this thing ran. So if you're on my department, and you're listening to this, thank you for participating if you did it, right? If you are listening and you helped me run it, thank you. I know I've thanked you individually, but thank you again, because I'm really excited to see where this thing can go. If you're just listening to it or just hearing about this for the first time, Go back to episode three. Uh, I outline it in pretty good detail or just shoot me a message and we can rap about this thing if you if you think you're interested in getting something like this going. All right, so let's break this thing off here. What I want to do now, I'm going to repost and replay part of episode three that talks about Devote December. And I know I've talked a lot about Devote December, but that's because it's starting in just a couple weeks. And so the portion I'm going to play now just kind of goes to from beginning to end, what it is, how it came about, what the goal of it is, and how you can get involved in Devote December. If you listen to episode seven, we're still doing the tiny habits stuff. So if you missed that one, go back and listen to episode seven with Annette Zapp, my partner in Devote December. And we talk about tiny habits in November leading up to December. Here's the Devote December portion from episode three of Tailboard Talk, a fourth shift fit cast. So let's switch gears and we're going to talk about the two other campaigns and initiatives I'm involved with. And these two things are also new, uh, relatively new, about two years old. But I really, really want these ones to grow and I really want them to help the fire service as much as possible. And both of them are actually with Annette Zapp, also a fire rescue fitness. We met together uh, the Illinois Firefighter Peer Support Symposium a couple years ago when we were both presenting. And then we co-presented last year. And so we developed Devote December and Spring for Change. And there are two campaigns focused directly on awareness and reduction of fire and EMS suicide. So let's start with Devote December because that one chronologically came first and actually led to Spring for Change. And Devote December was born in my basement at, during a workout. And it was like November and remember, it's called Devote December, so another short-term thing. And I texted Annette and said, "We, I think we can do something to honor and recognize the people who have committed suicide over the past year. She was on board immediately, but we needed to figure this thing out relatively quick because it was, like I said, November, and we were trying to do something in December. So about 500 texts in roughly 36 hours. We came up with the name Devote December because it would be happening in December, and we would be devoting the month to remembering those who took their lives and trying to prevent future suicides and fire and EMS. And the initial thought was to use the current number of fire and EMS suicides as a call to recognition and action. And each day we would look up 
the current number of validated fire and EMS suicides and then do something with that number, some sort of action, and then tag it as our daily devote December. So let's say that the number was 100. That means that 100 people so far had been validated of committing suicide and fire and EMS. You would do 100 squats or 100 push-ups and then tag hashtag devote December and then we would see it, we would reshare it, and we would try to grow this movement, this awareness campaign through physical activity. Now, our original thought was that the holiday season and winter was the highest time for suicides. So maybe, 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 if someone was hurting or in a bad way as we got into December, they would stumble across Devote December, and one of a couple things would happen. They would either see the community that we assembled that was growing and possibly feel some support, or they would try Devote December, and from whatever activity they did, maybe they liked it. We already know, and the research is out there, how physical exercise can be used as a treatment for depression and can alleviate the symptoms of stress and anxiety. And I fully understand how naive and oversimplistic that sounds that somebody would just try to do 100 squats and feel better and then not want to kill themselves. I get it. And I'll link a study in the the show notes that that kind of goes into it because there's a bunch of different theories why exercise helps those with depression. But here's the summary. Here's the main takeaway is that The mechanisms underlying the antidepressant effects of exercise remain in debate. However, the efficacy of exercise in decreasing symptoms of depression has been well established. And when you look at this study, the study is called, let me get to the top here, The Benefits of Exercise for the Clinically Depressed. And uh, I'll link that in the show notes. Take a look at it. There's a lot of stuff in there, but the bottom line is clear that exercise does, in fact, help depression. So that was one of the goals here. If we can get people that aren't feeling well and they may have depression or symptoms of depression to exercise frequently through December, maybe they'll feel a little bit better. So it was a long shot, but we felt that something needed to be done and this was a good place to start. And as it turns out, we're almost right with the timing. Both of us had always thought that, like I said, the winter and the um, holiday months were the worst for suicide. That had to be the highest time because everybody's getting together. You start thinking about the end of the year, it's easy to let those dark thoughts creep in. So that must logically be the highest number of suicides. But after a little bit of looking, we found out that the spring months are actually statistically the highest months in terms of rate of suicide for general population. And this is a point that Annette brings up frequently in her interviews and her talks is that we are general population. We just live in this strange world with all this other stuff going on, but it's not like we're born in Sparta and they only pick the strongest and the most able to be part of the fire department and they throw the rest off a cliff. We are people that thought this was a good job. We liked it. We became professionals at it and now we're there, but we came from general population. So we have all the same risk factors and all the same predispositions to mental health crisis as general populations. And then we're thrown into these extreme situations. Then we're thrown into the trauma, witnessing trauma, the physical trauma we endure ourselves, the mental, emotional trauma we go through over a 30-year career. And you see how the regular person's problems can be just absolutely magnified by our career. So we had to adjust our goal a little bit. And now the goal was reach as many people as possible and build as big of a community as possible. So when spring months come around, we could either fall back on that community or you had participated in Devote December, and maybe you're more apt to pick up activity again, and like I talked about, positively affect your mood, and then get the help from a professional that, that may be needed. And the gravity and urgency of this situation hit us pretty quickly. 
I mean, we had both been aware of the increased number of suicides in fire and EMS. We were both aware that they were outpacing line of duty deaths at a steady rate. I mean, a steady rate. They were over, they've been over 120 suicides in fire and EMS for the past several years. And I think we've seen line of duty deaths drop below 100 now for several years. But the point was really driven home when we looked back and when we started first talking about to vote December, I think we were at 112 or 113 validated suicides. And in just the short three weeks it took to get this thing up and running, and on the day one of Devote December, the number was 116. So that means three people, three people had been validated of committing suicide in just just those three weeks. And not just people, right? But these are people that had the same jobs as us, the same careers as us. I'm sure they had similar friends and families as us, same environments, livelihoods. In that course of just putting this thing together, three more people had been validated as committing suicide. And so right there, I mean, we knew this was desperate, right? Desperate times, but we knew it was absolutely needed. And that just really pushed us with a lot of a lot of enthusiasm into the month. And so we started the month with day one, 116. And we set the tone early. This was 116 of anything, anything that made that number meaningful to you. So it absolutely could be push-ups or squats, but it also could be 116 seconds of deep breathing or 116 seconds of meditation or 11.6 minutes of mindfulness practice. Really any way to incorporate that daily number to make it meaningful to you and grow the community of those participating. So any way we can get people involved. And Annette and I had committed to doing it as a daily activity, but we also made it very clear that even if you only did one day uh, or even 1.16 seconds of something, you were in. You were part of December, and thank you for joining us, and you were helping, and we were happy to have you, and welcome to our community. And over the course of the month, obviously and predictably and agonizingly, the number grew, uh, grew steadily. And it's it's important to remember, just a side note here, that these are validated. So they're not added to the total until they're validated as confirmed suicide. So that means it's not just watching the news and you see a report of a suicide and you add that to the number. It actually goes through the Firefighter Behavioral Health Alliance. They reach out, they investigate the story essentially, and then once it's validated by them, they add it to the number. I think one of the things that struck both Annette and I was how many people joined on to this journey with us. And it started as a campaign. It started as a thing to do every day, but it really did turn into a journey. It started to carry real weight as we checked the numbers and updated them and did our daily devotion uh, of our movements. And as it went up and up and up, we stopped calling them numbers, right? We stopped saying the numbers increased to 118. The numbers increased to 120. We started saying we there have been three additional people added to the validated total. There have been four additional people added to the validated total. And that just changed it completely. I mean, even if you stayed out of the mindfulness practice or the meditation side of it, even doing 125 push-ups, you might be sore the next day. And then as you went to go do something else, you feel those sore muscles. And you remember what each one of those push-ups meant. And it, it just changed it. It turned into something much bigger than just an awareness campaign for us. And I think it changed it for a lot of people as we were going through it because as we continue to see the numbers climb and grow and the people added to the, the validated total, it really took on a different meaning for everybody. And we were shocked and grateful for the community we developed. And we really hit kind of a strange point in the middle of this thing where we were, we were so happy and proud what we were accomplishing. But the reason we were accomplishing it was just was so terrible. 
And so we, we were struggling with that. We, we wanted to grow and we wanted people to have, I'd say fun with it and get involved in it to be a, an exciting and fun thing. But then we also had to remember we were, we were using a number of people that had killed themselves. We were using that number of people that didn't want to be here anymore and decided death was a better option to base our movements and our practice off of. And so that, that put us in a real tricky spot. Uh, but we continued on because once we saw what the community was turning into and doing and the positive effect of it, we knew we just couldn't stop. The number eventually grew to 130. And on the last day, we rounded it out. And the way this works is, like I said, they're validated. And so even though at the end of December the number was 130, now it's grown to 140 because over the course of the year, more was investigated, additional people were added to that total. Uh, but we stopped the vote December last year at 130. And that was on the last day. And we looked back at what we accomplished. And while we knew that it was an amazing campaign, we also are very aware of the limitations of a awareness campaign that although we felt the impact of it and the gravity of the situation, at the end of the day, we were just doing push-ups and squats. And we might have grown and we gained a better perspective, but the effectiveness of awareness campaigns are relatively limited. Now, before I go on to what Spring for Change is and how we took that idea and moved on with it, I will tell you that Annette did get a message like in late January from somebody who said, listen, I'm usually in a pretty good mood and I'm usually very fit and active, but I've been in a real slump and I felt, I felt really bad in December and I saw what you guys were doing and I saw the community and I joined in a couple of times and I recognized this person. They popped in the devote December feed a handful of times and they said, essentially I was at a really bad place and because of what you guys were doing, it made me reevaluate and go get professional help. So thank you for doing it and please don't stop. And that was, I mean, that was huge. And we always say like, oh, if we can always help, if we can only just help one person or if one person can be affected by it or that's all that matters. And that's, that's good to say and it's easy to say and it's true. But when that one person comes through and actually tells you that, I mean, it really just, it changes everything. And it really emboldened us to keep pushing and actually develop something in addition to Vote December because we knew that there was more to do. We knew that awareness campaigns were cool and they get people involved. But for actually having effectiveness, they were relatively limited. And that's what started to grow the next, the next campaign. And that is Spring for Change. So again, awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for hanging out. As always, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate. Hit me up. My email is number 4th4thshiftfit at gmail.com. You can find me on social media. I'm mostly on Instagram. I still don't have Facebook on my phone, and it is awesome. But on Instagram, I'm 4th4thshiftfitness. If you're looking for Annette Zapp, she's at fire, S-Q, letters S and Q, fitness on Instagram and Facebook. Hit us up. Check it out. Check out the Devote December page. Can't wait to see you in a few weeks. As always, guys, thanks for hanging out. Talk to you soon, and be a 4th shifter.